0: Hey everyone, Anil here. So, I want to start today with a question. What is your impossible? Now, it can be a challenge that is mental, spiritual, or physical. For me, mine was a physical challenge, completing my first triathlon, a 70.3 Ironman. Now, over the last 20-some years, I've embraced various forms of workouts. If you saw me growing up, you'd see a chubby kid who loved his fast food, his snacks, his sodas, and on top of it all, his television. I used to joke that I was a surfer as a kid, a channel surfer, at times clocking up to 16 hours of TV a day. Yeah, I had the TV Guide memorized every Sunday when it came with the Sunday paper. After my first year of college, I picked up racquetball. I ditched the fast food and, in the process, nearly 10 kilos or 22 pounds. And towards the end of my college years and my early 20s, I took up weightlifting. But if you asked me to run, cycle, or swim, I'd say, pass. That's not my take. I was definitely not a runner. Plus, and this is not to make excuses, but uh, I grew up asthmatic. I'm an acute asthmatic. So when I get sick, my lungs get quite infected uh, and 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 I struggle. So I used to use this as a limiter that prevented me from really challenging myself physically and doing more arduous workouts. It's not cool, but hey, that was my mindset at the time. Over the years, I've tried various workouts, yoga, insanity, but what I wasn't aware was that in 2013, I would actually agree to do something that would completely change my life. Over some banter with some really close friends of mine at Halloween in a pub, a few of them told me that they were actually planning to sign up for a 70.3 Ironman. Well, that's interesting. I asked them, what was that all about? And they kind of gave me a bit of the background. And I said, right, well, why not? Uh, I'll join. I can think I can do it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I kind of said to them, I could learn to swim. I'd just buy a road bike, and I'm sure I could figure out how to run 21 kilometers. How hard could it possibly be? I had no idea what was coming my way. But in my head, I was thinking this is my opportunity to prove something to my friends. I was going to race my friends. For those that don't know, triathlons come in several forms of varying distance. A sprint, an Olympic, a half Ironman or a 70.3, and a full Ironman. And yes, there are actually ultra Ironmans, but we're not going to talk about that here. We're going to leave that to the pros. So for me... Yeah, I pretty much decided to jump nearly into the deep end by making a 70.3 my first triathlon. Now, what was my thought process? Well, as I was talking to my friends, I thought, well, I I did complete a 10K run the year prior, and I was a bit hungover when I did it, but yeah, I managed it an hour and six minutes, so okay, what's doing an extra 10K on top of that? Um, That summer, this same group of friends, uh, who are like my brothers, Uh, we completed a ride from London to Cambridge, and that was 100 kilometers. And I did that on a hybrid, so I thought, okay, what's 90 kilometers? And, well, okay, I've never properly swam. I mean, I've swum as a kid and took lessons as a kid, Um, but I could doggy paddle, so, you know, what's a 1.9 kilometer swim in open water? And I'll have a wetsuit, and they told me that you float extra in a wetsuit. So, okay, I can do this, not a problem. Yeah, I was basically trying to convince myself of doing something that I've never done before and you put the swim together with the ride, with a run, that's going to be a slightly different level. Plus the nutrition, I'd figure that out, no problem. Well, I signed up and I sent the screenshot to my friends and I said, guys, I'm in. Now, let's just say they're all a bit surprised because I don't think they really expected after a night of drinks that I would really do it. But hey, I was ready to throw my name in the hat and make it happen. I was getting ready to race my friends so as it started I asked my friends what kind of road bike I should buy so I got recommended a road bike a carbon fiber frame so I bought it it seemed like a good deal I started running I said okay I just need to run around Hyde Park and I said okay I can do that you know every couple days go for a run the swimming piece was a bit of a different one um Fortunately, a close friend of mine at the time had just finished uh, taking lessons with a former South African Olympian. And I said, okay, let me see if she was available. And I signed up for swim lessons. It was about a, I think about a three to 400 pound investment. But I said, okay, this is worth it to learn to swim. I mean, I can always use that skill. So I signed up for swim lessons uh, and I said, All right, let's get it going. So I really didn't have a plan. Although one of my buddies, he actually sent me his four-month plan that he downloaded off the internet, which kind of demonstrates, okay, hey, on this day, you should run, on this day, you should swim, on this day, you should cycle, and you alternate. I thought, okay, I can probably follow something similar. Um, so I kind of copied my friend's routine. Uh, they kind of recommended what watch they bought. I kind of said, okay, I'll use the same watch. Um, so any equipment purchase or any type of exercise they did, I just copied it. I thought, you know, they know what they're doing. I'm sure it'll work for me too. Occasionally I would read a few articles and try to brush up and teach myself a bit, but it was a bit difficult, but I thought I'll, I'll still just follow their lead. Again, I'm thinking I'm racing my friends here, right? I'm doing this race with my friends. Now, the swim lessons were not easy. To learn to front crawl, let alone uh, do a breaststroke, was a challenge, and I'm doing this in an indoor pool uh, in Bank. And I thought, okay, this is tough, but I can do it. Every weekend, my buddies and I would get together and we'd go on rides uh, around Richmond Park. Eventually, we would extend that. We'd go out to Box Hill, and guess what? I was the guy that was always at the back. I the the expression I would get dropped by the guys. So I was always the one coming in last and thinking to myself mentally, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is, this is, they're crushing me here. I can't keep up with them. So it became a mental game more than anything else. uh, And physically, I just didn't feel like I was up to it. But when I go for my runs, I was doing that on my own. And I thought, okay, I got this. If I can run on my own, swim on my own, eventually I'm sure I can catch up with them on the bike. I can do this. I can race my friends. I can catch up with them. At that point in time, I had a deep conversation with my buddies and he said, you know what? The race is not about the time. It's not about them. It's about me. It's just about finishing it. Just finish the race, you know. Don't worry about your time. Just finish it. And I said, you know what? Fair play. So that became my goal. I just want to train to enter and compete and finish the race. I want to participate and do this with my friends, not race them. Now, around April, one of my buddies had his birthday party and uh, another one, uh, well, at the bar, started talking about what it's like to do open water swimming. He told me, and I love it, it was a don't panic. Whatever you do when you enter open water, do not panic. You'll freeze, but do not panic. You'll start swimming and you'll panic, but do not panic, but you will panic. In my head, I was thinking, what is he doing? I mean, he had the best intentions. but I thought, okay, I will not panic. So we made our way to Thorpe Park and I tried on my wetsuit for the first time. And yes, I made the mistake of putting my wetsuit on backwards. So right, that was just a little taste of things to come. Now around April, uh, let's just say the water was, I think 13 or 14 degrees. Uh, So as soon as I got in the water, I immediately panicked. I froze. I was freezing my butt off. Um, And I just wanted to swim 75 meters to a buoy. And I thought, how am I going to do this? And so I started swimming. My heart was racing. I was just like, this is crazy. But then I tried to remember the technique my coach taught me indoors. And I started applying those techniques. And I got to the buoy and I made it back. And I immediately got out of the water. And I said, I'm not doing that again. Uh, at that point, there was a former triathlete who was actually running the, the, the lake and he offered open water swimming lessons. And so I ended up taking two with him. And what he told me was, when I first enter the water, you need to acclimate to the water. Don't jump in. That's the last thing you want to do. You want to put some water on your hands, brush some water on your face, put some water into your suit. And if you feel like you're going to panic, you Superman. You just spread your legs out, spread your arms out, and just float in the water and just breathe in and out. And honestly, that made a massive difference. So, the other suggestion he gave was how to take the wetsuit off. Because you need to do it quick, because as you come out of the water, you need to use the water to almost you know, unzip the wetsuit, strip it off, and make your way to the transition zone. <laughs> what happened was, as I was practicing this for the first time in front of my friends, I drop kicked. Literally <laughs> kicked both legs up at the same time and landed in front of everyone on my bum. Yeah. Onto the pavement and everyone was laughing. At first they were laughing and they were like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. If anything, just a bruised ego. Um, So yeah, who would have thought you could stack it off a bike, maybe trip on a run. But yeah, during practicing taking off my wetsuit, I fell down on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bit of a revelation of you need to manage how you take off your wetsuit, but it's okay. At least I figured out how to take the wetsuit off properly. I didn't relent. We're now entering the middle of April, and the race was about four weeks away. Every morning, I went on an early morning run. I swam laps in the lap pool, and I, did, I continued the rides with the guys. I may have been at the back, but I was getting the distance under my belt. I just wanted to make sure I had enough endurance to finish. That's it. It was all about finishing the race at this point in time I decided to leave my employer Adidas and move over to Nike which gave me a couple months of garden leave and I had two weeks of unadulterated time to just focus on training so I continued to run I continued to ride and I continued to do my laps in the pool and hurrah in the pool I finished my first 1900 minute this sorry 1900 meter distance And I did it in just under an hour. And I thought to myself, if I can do this in the pool under an hour, without a wetsuit, I should be able to do the open water in under an hour. My confidence started to grow. I continued to do open water swims with my friends on the weekends. And again, my confidence continued to grow. I would breaststroke or or doggy paddle at times, but I would find a way to find a rhythm back into front crawl as well. So again, I'm running, I'm swimming, I'm cycling. I'm getting it all down. Now, nutrition is a conversation for another day, but it is an important part of doing an Ironman. But at this point in time, again, my focus was just finishing the race and getting the physical aspect under my belt. At this point in time, I realized that I'm an asthmatic, but I didn't have the strength in my legs or in my lungs, but I was strong. I was positive, I had a positive state of mind and I was starting to build confidence and believe in myself. I can do this, I can complete the swim, I can complete this ride and I can complete this run. At this point in time, I flew to Mallorca with my friends and uh, I was nervous. I was thinking to myself, wow, this is it. This is where it's gonna happen. You walk up and you see the the Ironman vehicle and all the, the flags, and you're thinking, okay, you see the finish line where they were setting it up, and you, you know that expression, sorry, that the phrase that they use when you cross finish line. So and so and so, so you are an Ironman. And I was thinking to myself, that's what I want to hear when I cross the finish line. I'm not racing. I'm just trying to complete the race. At this point, the morning arrived for the race. Now the race starts at around 6.30 a.m. So you wake up at 4 a.m., and I called my mom and fortunately in Denver, it was, uh, she was still awake. And I asked her to do a prayer for me. Um, it's called the Manglik, And um, maybe I don't believe in the Manglik as much, but it was my opportunity to let my mom almost do something for me and be part of this experience. And so she did the Manglik for me. We all had our breakfast, something we all rehearsed over the couple of days, getting ready for the race. You don't want to try a new breakfast the first day. So mine was yogurt and blueberries. A bit of eggs. You know, the the room, the space, was. we were all a bit apprehensive, a bit nervous, but we were all ready. Um, One of my friends, Eduardo, he uh, showed up the night before from the U.S. He barely made his flight. He barely made the time to check in his bike. And he, this is a, a side story, but we were waiting for him to land and show up to check in his bike. And at 7.30, he literally jumped out of the cab and was running towards the check-in. And I remember looking at the security guard saying, please let this guy in. He's trained the entire year for this. Do not let it come down for these two minutes. And the guy relented and let Eduardo in to check in his bike. But what you don't know is Eduardo had bronchitis. He was really sick. He had a fever. and He was coughing all night. So that morning before the race, he was my hero. The guy woke up he had his breakfast and he was going to race even though he had a cough and a cold and probably a fever we'll come to that though during the run portion so we all set up got our wetsuits on got out of transition and the gun went off running into the water was one of the most chaotic moments i will ever remember oh my god all three of us all four of us five of us we got in the water at the same time and one you know my goggles came off and people were kicking around me and and punching around, not intentionally, but I was just groundhog day. Like you're popping up for air and you're going back in and you're almost thinking, come on, you gotta make it past the the break. You gotta make it past the break and go straight out. Gotta make it. And I know it sounds a bit crazy, but it it was almost like, okay, this race, it's done, it's over, I can't do this, I can't do this. And I said, no, you're going to do this. So I got into my doggy battle and I started then to get into my one-two motion and I started swimming and I was gliding and it was a beautiful day and I could see the bottom of the water and it was amazing. I had to breathe and I started swimming and I started swimming and I kept going and I made it to the first buoy out and I made it back in. It was incredible. I immediately transitioned into the bike, got on the bike and made my way out. I finished the bike, I don't know how. It's one of those moments where you think about doing it and you, 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 you're, it's the physical nature of getting up the hill and coming down. But right, let me get to the run. The run was where it got exciting and interesting. I'm thinking, oh my God, I made it this far. All I have to do is I can run, I can walk this. That's okay. Just make it to the finish line. On the run, I saw Eduardo and I got emotional. And I said to Eduardo, hey man, big text. And Eduardo was like, yo bro, I'm dying. And he almost felt like he was because the guy had a cough. He had a fever. He was, But he was going. He had a bag of ice on his head. It was just, he inspired me. And seeing Eduardo, ah. Oh, Not to get emotional, but it was actually one of the most amazing moments during the race to be reassured by seeing him going. And I said, right, keep going and he'll keep going. As I ran, I could just think about crossing the finish line, just finishing and having a beer with my boys and being able to celebrate completing this moment. And guess what? I did it. I crossed the finish line. It took me seven hours and 11 minutes. And (laughs) it's crazy, but you normally talk about finishing in the top 10. Well, I finished in the bottom top 10, but I finished, and that's all that mattered. I raced it, and I finished it. Now, the crazy thing, guys, that you don't know is um, two weeks later, Ed, Mike, and I, we did a second 70.3 in Zurich. We got a free entry, and we thought, oh, we've got the training in. It's okay. Uh, I finished that race. That's probably a story for another time, but uh, I wasn't able to run or do any sort of squatting for the rest of the summer. I pretty much did my legs in, but it was okay. I finished. And I still remember that moment of finishing Mallorca and thinking about, I got emotional. We were all emotional because we'd all had just completed this. And I called my sister and I told her I did it. And she was so happy for me. And I was, I was overwhelmed. I mean, you think like, you know, tears of joy, but completing this, this, this event that I had trained for the last, six plus months for. it. I didn't think I had it in me, but I did. Um, it was amazing. Again, I didn't have that strength, but I had positivity and I pushed through. Now that wasn't my first, sorry, that was my first 70.3. And as I mentioned, I did a second one two weeks later and I would go on to complete an additional three more 70.3s. I would also go on and start a 70.3 the following year in Barcelona and not complete it. That's a story again for another time. I would also go on the following year to attempt to do a one in Denmark and stack it on my bike two nights before and mess up my knees and not be able to complete for the entire season. But again, a story for another time. But I didn't relent. This became part of my life. It became my own race. Learning that I'm not trying to race against my friends, but actually... It was a way of not seeking validation from them, but they did, you know, they did look at me as the most improved player, if you will, uh, and they all gave me kudos and, and and confidence that the fact that I was able to even do what I did was 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 inspiring to them. So, I just have to say, folks, here that um, now when I train, I train for life, and I and I do want to share a few learnings, not to preach and not to say, hey, you know, you're, you're listening to an amateur who does enjoy competing in triathlons, but you do learn as you go. And so a couple of things I want to share with you. First, pick what is right for you. Now, I thought the 70.3 was the perfect way to start. Probably not, um, but that's okay. I thought it felt right, and so I did it. And I did doubt myself, and self-doubt is normal. But you need to find a way to turn that self-doubt into self-assurance. The second thing is, believe that you can achieve it. You know, find a happy place. Find a way that when you're training, you actually believe in what you're doing and why you're doing it. You're doing it for reasons that are important for you. Um, when I swam in the water, when I was struggling, I, I kept thinking about my nephew. He was my happy place. And I was thinking about one day I'll be able to tell him how his uncle competed in a 70.3. And at this time, by the way, it's kind of cool, but my nephew was actually learning to swim. So it's kind of cool how I could tell him how I was learning to swim too. So we had something in common. Maybe he had a few years of. Probably a head start on me when he does his first triathlon if he chooses to do one. The third learning: make exercise a lifestyle. You can share a goal with someone else. I shared this goal with my five other friends, but at the end of the day, your approach will be different. You'll share the goal, but you'll have a different approach, and that's what I think matters to what should matter to you. So share the goal, but find an approach that suits you. And research. That's my fourth learning. You know, you can rely on others and share your learnings with others, but you need to do your own. You need to understand, again, what works for your body, what works for your mind, what works for your soul, uh, what suits best for you, what's your budget, how much do you want to spend. But believe that what you'll do will actually work for you um, and, and learn from others. And it's okay to copy others. There's a reason why, you know, companies make the same product, you know, it's because they want to sell multiple units of it. So, hey, don't feel shy if you're, if you're borrowing or copying someone else's uh, equipment. But make sure it's in your budget. Make sure it's right for you. But the most important one, you heard me say that this started out as my own race. Sorry, this started out as, you know, a, I'm racing my friends. But at the end of the day, it was my own race. I was racing my own mind, my own body, my own spirit. And that's something that's powerful for me. Anytime you take on a new ta- a challenge or a new task, a new impossible for yourself, it's, it's something that's important for you. So remember, it's your own race and you can run at your own pace, you can train at your own pace, you can learn at your own pace. It's your own race. So it's kind of amazing. A simple chat and conversation at a pub over a few beers has completely changed my life. Here I am now. All I can do is encourage you to take that first step because you never know where it will lead you but it will always lead you forward. Embrace the invitation to train, to learn something new. Pick your own journey and see where it takes you. But no matter what you pick and choose, make sure you enjoy it because that's something that you should enjoy for yourself and not do it for the sake of others or to prove yourself to others. People do call me crazy when I tell them what I do. I tell them that I train, I tell them that I do triathlons, and they call me crazy, and I love it. I am smiling on the inside anytime I tell them about it. I do it with modesty and humility because I'm not your, over, uh, your, your, your competitor. But in the last five years, six years since I've been doing these triathlons, every year I've tried to find a new goal. I actually returned to Mallorca in 2019, five years later, to compete in the same event. And guess what? I finished the event in 50 minutes less time than the prior year six hours and 22 minutes. That was incredible for me. It shows me that every year I was getting better, I was getting stronger mentally and physically and spiritually. I now actually call these trips that I take with my friends athletic tourism, and I love that in my life, I have on-season and off-season training periods. Who would have thought this chubby little channel surfer from Denver, Colorado would one day become a triathlete We train each day because we're training for life. I invite you to embrace that challenge, to find your own impossible and make it possible for you. There's more to come and there's more to share. But until then, I want to thank you all for listening. Have an amazing week and look forward to catching up with you guys again soon. Big hugs. Take care.